Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning. This is Annie for Showreel on 3CR. And in the studio, we've got uh, important guests. We've got uh, the uh, Festival Director of Made in Melbourne, Ivan. How are you, Ivan? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. And a filmmaker of the wonderful feature that I've just looked at called Innuendo, Sarah Lemberg. Hello, Sarah. Hi, lovely to meet you. Yes, fantastic. And it is. It is great to have you in the studio because, Ivan, you've been here before, but I'll have to say that Made in Melbourne has has grown exponentially. Yeah, it's growing every single year. It started back in 2009 as a single night only, uh, but we got a great response to it. From there, it was two nights in 2010, and now we're actually six nights, five different venues, 13 separate sessions. Um, so massive leaps and bounds. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's uh, And as uh, Made in Melbourne was in that original formation, was about finding spaces for uh, Melbourne filmmakers to mm-hmm. get their things up on screen. Um, and yeah, that's still the philosophy of the festival. We're all about supporting local films, supporting emerging filmmakers to get their work on the big screen, get it in front of an audience. Um, and just helping them take the next step in their career. Now, you've uh, got some interesting partnerships this year. Uh, we do. We're actually partnered with the City of Melbourne, so we're lucky enough to receive an arts grant, which is one of the key reasons uh, for our growth. Um, but we also have a lot of sponsors on board that donate prizes to the filmmakers, so some of them Backlots, Film Inc., um, wholesome food company and a whole lot more that I can't recall. You're not going to give people cookies or something, are you? Um, but no, not cookies, but we're giving away popcorn. <laughs> That's good. That is wholesome. Mm. And and uh, as you said, you're in uh, a variety of different venues. Tell us about that. We are. Uh, we're actually opening on Tuesday, December 6th at Acme. So, yeah, that's one of Melbourne's most prestigious venues. Great, right great place. Lovely, comfortable mm. seats. Great right. big screen. Yep, massive screen, massive sound. Right in the heart of the city. Um, we're opening with the legend of Ben Hall. So, a big feature film to kick off the festival. And that's the first time we're opening a feature with a feature also, and then we move on to the Palace Cinemas Como. Uh, so first time in that venue too, and another lovely, prestigious cinema. Uh, we're at the Backlot Studios on our closing weekend. Uh, we love the Backlots, you know, a very comfortable space with, you know, big reclining chairs. Again, great sound, great cinema, own private bar. We're also at Loop, and we're doing 
Under the Stars at QV Melbourne on Friday, December 9th. So first time Under the Stars too. So a lot of firsts this year. Yeah, lots of firsts. And uh, reminding people that the uh, festival, the Made in Melbourne Festival, is from the 6th to the 11th of December. That's correct. That's right. Now, let's go back and bring Sarah in here because, uh, like you said, you're opening with a feature. You've got five features. The first one that's opening, it is The Legend of Ben Hall, which has had lots of buzz. Uh, lots of people have been involved in that, and, uh, and I've seen it, and it's worth going to see. I, I would go mm. and see it. But another of the five is Innuendo. And tell us about uh, your journey, Sarah. It's been uh, oh, a few years. I think I wrote it about four years ago. Then I didn't touch the whole screenplay for a while. Um, um, well, I did send it into competitions, and actually uh, it won bronze at the Beverly Hills Screenplay Contest. Um, I really just sent it in to get some feedback, but I guess that was enough and feedback. And that's at script stage? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, correct. So that was that was my first draft that I sent to the Screenplay oh, Contest. Oh, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't draft. have time. They had deadline coming up, and I just had to get it in. Um, and, yeah, a few months later I, I heard back that I'd won the Bronze Award, and, and that gave me the indication that, you know, maybe this is a film worth making. Um, and, uh, yeah, I shopped it around with producers for about a year. I gave myself a year to find, like, a major big producer for it. And uh, there was a lot of interest because of the competition um, win and all that but there wasn't enough commitment for my liking so I decided to just go ahead and make it myself I had made short films before this was my first feature so obviously a massive leap into something uh, completely a different scale but I felt like I was ready for it and I really wanted to make this film so yeah um produced and directed it myself and uh, well I had 200 other people helping me so it wasn't just <laughs> wasn't just me um but that tells you something about what you <laughs> have to have to be a director really and it also tells you something about the usefulness of MIM um, um, made in Melbourne For, it shorts it started off with shorts mm. now it's gone into features as well right yep that's correct uh, we started features I think back in 2013 again it was through the help of City of Melbourne that was the first grant we had that allow us to expand and they become a staple and a really popular feature of the festival. Yeah, which is pretty extraordinary because, as you say, Sarah, going from shorts to uh, a feature is quite a different issue, isn't it? Because uh, you've got to get so much more out of the people who are involved and you yourself have to manage people's egos as well as your own sense of uh, direction. Absolutely, but we don't have to go into that. That's too painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, the film itself, Innuendo, is actually quite an extraordinary film. Uh, it's quite jaw-dropping. It's a, uh, as far as I can make out, it's a, uh, a um, almost it's an exploration of a particular type of character. But there's a whole lot of other elements within it. So uh, the protagonist is a female, which is unusual in itself as well as a very interesting uh, exploration of uh, the relationship between a young woman and her various male admirers, shall I say. But it's got an awful, awful, awful heart. You can't take your eyes off it, I'll have to say. <laughs> so when's that screening? Uh, that's screening December 8th at Palacinemas Como at 9pm and tickets are available at mim.org.au. Fantastic. We'll be back shortly with some more about Made in Melbourne. Tune in to 
tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. I'm Tommy Murphy, screenwriter for Holding the Man. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. You are, and we're talking to uh, the film director, uh, the film director Sarah Lamberg, who uh, her film uh, Innuendo is going to be showing at Made in Melbourne, and we're lucky enough to have Ivan Melikan, who is the uh, festival director. This is the eighth Made in Melbourne, and it's bigger and better than ever before, as as, uh, Ivan said. Uh, You also you said there was a whole range of firsts, and one of the other firsts is the uh, First Nations Script to Screen Initiative. Now, as you point out, uh, you've been going for eight years, this is the eighth year, but you've never had a film made by an Indigenous person locally Mm. for the festival. Yeah, it was a curious thing, and it was the initiation for the Script to Screen Initiative. Why, in these previous seven years, have we never had an Indigenous filmmaker submit a film before? Um, so we launched the First Nations Script to Screen Initiative at the start of the year to search for an Indigenous writer. We selected a film by Stephanie Skinner um, called Half. It deals with acceptance, identity and the stolen generation. And we're premiering it on December 9th at QV Melbourne under the stars. It's a program full of shorts about acceptance and also traditional Indigenous dance and, of course, the premiere of Half. And Sarah Lambert was actually the director of Half. Well, no, not the director, the yes, producer. She was, no, she was the director. You oh, were the, the director. director yeah. Oh, cool. Tell, explain. Tell us more about that. What would you like to know? It was, oh, well, I, well yeah. all right. I won't give you a free-ranging <laughs> open question like that. Yeah. What I'll know is I, I read about it and uh, I read the notes and one of the things I found interesting was that a lot of people, uh, you had a variety of people submit scripts uh, and obviously you only had enough to take one to the screen, but you incorporated all those other people in crew. Tell me about that. Correct. So, yeah, we, we just wanted to bring in as many Indigenous people to the production as we could. Um, so, yeah, opened um, the casting call and the crew call for um, for um, Indigenous um, communities and, and found fantastic talent um for all of our leading parts and uh, and crew members as well and uh, yeah um working with Stephanie was was great um she wrote the screenplay and uh, when I came on board as a director we had uh, conversations about how exactly we're going to deliver that screenplay in a way that will really respect her text okay so what were the things that you learned in that process with her uh, just various um, traditions about um, the way Indigenous people lived in that time. So the film is based in the ni- 1940s. Is that right, Ivan? That's right. <laughs> I just needed to check with my producer. Um, so, yeah, just, just the, um, the the traditional ways of, of how Indigenous people lived in this area at that time that were very important. So we got those details right for the film. Um, so we didn't have 
too much sort of artistic freedom. We wanted to deliver a realistic enough a story. Um, and just the whole stolen generations story is something that hasn't really been explored enough in this country. It being such a massive, massive thing for the history of this country, I feel like I haven't seen enough films about it. So it was a privilege to be able to uh, to come on board and, and direct uh, fantastic performances for it. Well, it's very interesting because, of course, it's a perspective from a um, Kuri p- a perspective. It's not a perspective from the state or from uh, Anglo people's view, which is, of course, as you mm. say, incredibly important that more of that is happening. So seeing that under the stars at QV is a great experience. Mm. Uh, it, I love the way the, the different venues uh, celebrate film because uh, the Como is a lovely big screen. It's going to be interesting to see innuendo. It must be lovely, the idea for a feature filmmaker to see their film up in such a classic cinema, for example. Uh, Backlot is a very intimate, Mm. wonderfully comfortable place to watch a film. Yep, definitely. Um, The whole cinema to ourselves, it is one of our favourite venues. We always enjoy returning to the Backlot. Yeah, for Um, people who don't know where Backlot is, you have to, it's down at South Bank. Yep, South Uh, Bank, uh, 65 Hague Street. Yeah, that's right. So across the Crown Casino. On the other side, down Mm, the back. And then it it looks like a car park, but then you go to the door and... It's a world of surprises once you It's a world of surprises once you go inside. Seats are so comfortable. That's right. It's so comfortable. And the sound and (laughs) just everything about it is... And uh, I noticed that one of the things that you're doing to support film in the future is that backlot you're going... On the Sunday, you're going to be uh, uh, screening, hosting a uh, uh, high school... Yep. Filmmakers of the high school showcase. Um, it's one of our favorite sessions. This is the fourth year with the high school showcase, and it's you know often for these filmmakers that are eighteen and under. Um, they might have had school screenings, but it's the first time they have the film on a big screen in front of a neutral audience. So it's a great experience for them, and you know just the standard of the films increases every year. So like you know, this is this is the next generation of Melbourne talents getting their shots to show what they can do and who knows what they'll be doing tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, of course, Acme, which is where Ben Hall, the legend of Ben mm-hmm. Hall, is going to be. Now, I was following the um, development of the Ben Hall uh, from script to interviewing a few people who were mm-hmm. extras and yep. then uh, following through talking to some people who are incidentally were the producers of it. These are all all the people that are involved in making that film, for example, are part of uh, Australian filmmakers on the ground here telling Australian stories in ways that don't necessarily require um, the uh, input of America or international... I mean, th- this is real mm. homegrown stuff. It is. Um, as I say, we celebrate emerging filmmakers. Um, we're very much into the independent scene in Melbourne. Um, I don't know the budget of Ben Hall. I know it wasn't much, but... just it's quite like, ambitious. Yeah, just like but like in your window. I know the budget wasn't much for that. Also, but it's all committed filmmakers and volunteers coming together to create art and compelling stories uh, to tell on the big screen and you know get their work out there. Yeah, well, which is quite reminiscent to the um, you know the nineteen eighties in Australia, where people uh, decided that out of nowhere, really, that they were going to res- resurrect the Australian. We could make films, mm. and that's I find it really inspiring. That, like the do-it-yourself attitude. Um, I know in Australia, 
you know, to go through Screen Australia, produce a film the traditional way, takes about seven years from you <laughs> yeah, know, right. script to screen, um, budget $1.1 million to $1.7 million. Um, and for a lot of filmmakers, you know, that's unattainable. But it doesn't just it doesn't stop people from just doing it themselves. And the work we see in the indie world is often more daring, more ambitious because there's no gatekeepers. You know, this is the filmmaker pouring their heart and soul into their craft. And it's always exciting to see what they come up with. Yeah, it is. And I, I think that uh, one of the points that you make there is uh, about, uh, you know, the pushing the envelope because Innuendo does. It pushes the envelope. And as I said, I'm watching it and it's not a film that you would – it's not entertaining. It's challenging. But it's also jaw-dropping. Jaw I can't even say that. It is. I was sitting there watching it thinking that um, it was not – I. I had to watch what was going to happen next because it was so close to the reality that you actually live, that you're part of, but has quite a disturbing heart. Mm, thank you. And that's, that's, I think, why I ended up producing it myself as well because it's not an easy sale at the screen, screenplay um, and, and the pitching stage, something like that, something that's quite left of centre, something that's not entertaining and, and it doesn't even try and be that, but tries to be something something different and potentially confrontational, potentially even difficult to watch at times. And that twistedness is what I really wanted to push with it. And I love the fact that I did decide to go ahead myself when I got to keep that creative control because I didn't have another producer to discuss with. I didn't have to make compromises. I could make exactly the film that I had written, exactly the film that I saw. Um, so that's that's the beauty of, I guess, you know, making it yourself and just, it, it's a lot of work. It's hard work and I can't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> well, actually, but, you know, if you're mad yeah. like me, you're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> you're on uh, Showreel 3CR talking to uh, the people involved with Melbourne um, made in Melbourne Film Festival, which is uh, going to be on running from the 6th of December to the 11th of December. It's at a variety of different venues. You can go online, MIM, and uh, get your tickets for such an interesting range of uh, films. Now, we started off uh, talking about how you have got five features. Originally, it was shorts. Now, before we leave the features... Uh, I part of um, building the strength of a local filmmaking community that uh, is self-generating is going from the short to the feature because it is a really big leap, isn't it? The concentration that's required, it takes years of, of your life. Yeah, it's massive, uh, but it's every bit worth it if you want to be a filmmaker. You need to take that step. Of course, practice on a few shorts first, but then go and make a feature. You have to. Uh, that's the way I feel it. And and from now on, I'm only going to make features. Um, certainly, I'm, I'm going to go and direct other people's shorts, but I'm not interested in making shorts anymore because it just, you know, one, once you start taking bigger bites you want to keep taking bigger bites and and it just becomes addictive well because of the consistency that's what i was uh, most impressed about both uh, the legend of ben hall and your film innuendo was the consistency and the uh, uh, there wasn't at no point did you stop wanting to watch the film 
which I I think it tells you. It's like when you uh, you read a book that actually uh, walks the walks the talk because uh, you you may not be that interested in it, but you never think, oh, it's not a book. Thank you. That's you know that's, what yeah, I mean. That's, what I'm that's saying? great feedback, uh, especially because Inrendo is a hundred minute film. It's not a short film, so you know if it kept your interest throughout, that's that's great for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. I think it is. Uh, yeah, well, I know it sounds sort of uh, a funny thing to say, but I actually think it's true. Yeah. No, it and keeps it guessing right all the way to the very end. Yeah, yeah. No, that's gonna, exactly yeah. right. It's it's um it's very interesting. Um, going back to the actual festival itself now it has grown it's it's mm. like the shorts to the features how have you um, been able to develop your skills in order to be able to encapsulate so much change and development i have no idea any <laughs> i just stumble along and I see what happens uh, you've um, got a good crew uh, yeah we have a dedicated team um it's a small team um but you yeah, know my wife helps me out a lot sarah jane the festival coordinator and we've got Corey corbett assistant director and he was also one of the producers on the script to screen initiative um i think the festival took a big step back in 2010 um when we played at bmw edge and we had 300 people to our opening night and your know, media coverage in the age and the herald sun so you know way before we're ready um it kind of forced us to grow up really quickly so take yourself seriously yeah so there's Dealing with a venue like BMW Edge, there was just so much more admin and paperwork involved, and suddenly I was in over my head, and we just had to kind of sink or swim, and luckily we swam. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, it is. It is exact, exactly analogous to going mm. from a short to a feature, basically. Exactly. Yeah, you're all grown up now. <laughs> I hope so. And all those people that you talked about, Sarah Jane and um, Corey, they were there at the beginning, weren't they? They were. Oh. Uh, they were. Corey was there from 2010. Sarah helped in 2009 and she became a permanent member in 2012. Do you, is it a collective? Um, yeah, a team of about four people. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, does it mean you've uh, finished with your other day job? Um, no, I've still got a day job. Yeah, that's and right. And we still make films on the side also. That's right. So at the end of the year, it's pretty much all made in Melbourne for us. It takes up the last three months entirely of the year. Um, but we also run Nexus Production Group, which is a film collective where we just produce our own work. And we're actually working on our own feature that we're going to shoot over New Year's Eve, so straight after Made in Melbourne, into filmmaking again. So what you really did was made a festival so that you could show your films? Uh, I wouldn't say that, but I do, you know, out of competition, I'll play my shorts. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Say, unashamed. Yeah. You're allowed. You're allowed. <laughs> unashamed. Um, before you you go off and um, you know slay more dragons, mm. um, it is a competition. So yeah. how does that work? Who what, what who who wins what? Uh, we have an award for best feature film. Um, so that's been judged at the moment, and we'll announce it during the festival. Um, we also have awards on the Short Film Showcase, which is the Wednesday night at Palace Cinema's Como again. And we have industry judges. They'll pick Best Film, Best Actor, Best Director. And we also have an Audience Choice Award. Um, but it's not just shorts and features. We have web series. We have music videos, High School Showcase, like we mentioned before. So a variety of categories, a variety of awards, a lot with the audience, just audience picking because we like to get everyone involved. 
um, and we wrap it all up on closing notes with more shorts and you know, more judges picking best film and, again, audience getting involved for audience favourite. And uh, at the Loop Bar, which is in Myers Place mm-hmm. in the city, it, like you were just pointing out, you're going to do web series as a bit of the mod con stuff. You, so you've got music music videos, web yep. series, but also a little showcase from another festival in from America. Yep, um, Asheville really Film Festival. Yeah, this is the first time we've worked... Another first my god yeah, it's full of first this year um so yeah ashfields they like we play all melbourne films they play all Asheville films so it was actually Corey corbett that set this one up because uh, he actually spent some time in ashfield when he'd done an exchange program um how big is ashfield ashfield's tiny it's part of how Mad- many filmmakers are in ashfield not many, I don't think, but uh, they, they've been good for cute. 10 years now um, with just shorts about Ashfield. So they played a Best of Made in Melbourne over there in the year, and we're going to play a Best of Ashfield. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so cultural exchange, we call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Did they like the stuff, the little parcel of stuff you they sent loved over? It. They loved it. They actually want to do an encore screening um, in 2017, so... We've had like your know, uh, Made in Melbourne films you know, go to Berlin. Uh, we, they played at White Night. They play at Destination Docklands. So, you know, they're always, they travel around the world and they're really popular. We do regional screenings also. Um, and people are always impressed, just like we are, with the amount of talent and the quality that Melbourne is producing. Yeah, that's fantastic. So before you go, you should have to, you really need to give the details of uh, everything about it. You know, where do they get tickets? Where do they do all that uh, stuff? Yep, everything is on the website. So, um, like I said before, shorts, features, web series, high school, music videos. There's something there for everybody. And the website has the whole program, mim.org. It's fantastic. Thanks very much for coming in. I'm um, impressed. I'm truly impressed. Coming up, Nick, that's uh, where that's, we've come to the end of the show, basically, and uh, you'd be foolish not to go and check the uh, website, to, uh, Made in Melbourne website, to see what filmmakers can offer you over this uh, 6th to the 11th of December. It's fantastic. Go out there and uh, enjoy yourself. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not. We'll go out with Get Smart. Workers of the world unite. In this climate of divide and conquer, it's time for us to take to the streets and defend multiculturalism and diversity. Victoria Trades Hall and a coalition of trade unions are organising a global street party, and you're invited. Saturday, the 10th of December. Rallying at the State Library at 12pm, then marching to Trades Hall for a street party on Ligon Street. There'll be bands, rides for the kids, music and tonnes of food. There'll also be some political forums about race, racism and how to fight back. This event is brought to you by Trades Hall, NTEU, the ETU, the AMIEU, the AMWU, the CWU, the ASU, Geelong Trades Hall, Ballarat Trades Hall and Australia Asia Worker Links. Workers of the world are united and will never be defeated. For more information, contact Matt Kunkel on 0405 748 242. Global Street Party, Saturday the 10th of December. State Library at 12pm. A 3CR supporter. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.